You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and this is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkie. Shout out to everyone that has been making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the week, or I'm sorry, well, maybe your first listen of the week, but also your first listen of the day. So much love to everyone. It's been cool seeing the different people post their Spotify um, podcast list and seeing Locked On NBA Draft on their list. I think I seen one guy, he had Locked On NBA Draft. It's like number three, and he's listened to almost every episode. So shout out to everyone that has, um, you know, supported the podcast. I mean, we're not even a year into it, and we've kind of built the following. So thankful for that. And in this episode, I'm going to finish out my mock draft, or I'm sorry, my big board 1.0. In the last episode I did Monday, I only covered the top 10. So in this episode, I have to cover 20 prospects and I got to get it in my time limit. Buckle up. I am ready to start. But first, I'll give you a recap of my top 10. At number one, I had Paolo Bancaro, two, Chet Holmgren, three, Jabari Parker from Auburn. Number four, I had Jaden Ivey, followed up at number five by Kendall Brown. And number six was my big shocker, J.D. Davidson, the super athletic point guard from Auburn. Then I had another small guard in Kennedy Chandler at number seven. And number eight, I had Jaden Hardy from the G League Ignite, followed up at number nine by Jalen Duran, who many have called Baby Dwight Howard. Then I had another small guard. I don't know why I'm on the small guard tip, but I had Jean Montero from Overtime Elite. And now starting at number 11, this player many felt was left off of my list and they weren't too happy about it. But it is Keegan Murray from Iowa. Murray is a 6'9 forward from Iowa that has made huge leaps his sophomore season. I mean, he got off to like video game numbers to start this this, this season, which was highlighted by a game where he had 27 points and grabbed 21 rebounds and blocked four shots. Now, I wanted to see how he fared against tougher competition. And he's, he's played well. He put up 18 points and 19 points versus Virginia and Illinois, respectively. The downside is it sucks that we did not get a chance to see him against Purdue because he was held out with an ankle injury. So at number 11, I have Keegan Murray. At number 12, I have Usman Jang. Jang is a 6'9 forward out of France who is currently playing in Australia. And I'll be paying close attention to his role and how he's used this season. In a friendly game a couple weeks ago, he had 18 points and 9 rebounds in 29 minutes. But I was more impressed by some of the passes he made. He had some live dribble reads and one-handed skip passes. You know, just stuff you don't really see out of teenage 18-year-olds at 6'9". In that game, he pretty much showed everything that has put him in the discussion to be a lottery pick and the Paul George comparisons. But that game was sandwiched between games where he shot one for seven and two for six. And I'll just be paying close attention to his production throughout the season. At number 13, I have Ty Ty Washington. Ty Ty Washington is a 6'3 guard out of Kentucky. Now, Kentucky guards have a tendency to outplay their draft position. 
So right now, this may be low. Don't be surprised if you see him higher in my big board 2.0, 3.0. I don't even know how far I'll get. But when you consider how many Kentucky guards have outplayed their draft position, some teams are going to be like, you know what, we, we learned our lesson. I mean, we've seen it with Tyler Hero. We've seen it with Devin Booker. And now, I mean, B.J. Boston, who fell to number 51 in last year's draft, and he had 27 points last night, which was like a week after dropping 46 in the G League game. And Ty Ty could be the next one that outplays his draft position. He's been steady. He's been playing off the ball. And he's been efficiently knocking down shots with a 47-39-81 shooting split through eight games. He got off to a slow start. I think he was 3 for 14 against Kansas. But since then, he's been really good. But could Ty Ty Washington be the next Kentucky guard with more tools in his toolbox than he's been able to show in Lexington? It is definitely something to consider. All right, rounding out the lottery, I have Patrick Baldwin Jr. Now, I will be totally honest because I'm all about being transparent here. I'm having a hard time evaluating Patrick Baldwin Jr. because his production for his mid-major competition has not been what I expected. Now, I see the size, the physical tools, and I can visualize how his versatility fits the modern-day NBA. But I also see, with my eyes, games where he shot 7 for 20 versus Eastern Kentucky, 3 for 11 versus Bowling Green. I'll be totally honest, I was really not that impressed with his play at the under-19, where 28 of his 44 attempts were threes, and he only shot 32% from three. So I think that he is... A good shooter, and I think he projects to be a good shooter, but he's not the sniper that he's been given credit for. But again, I know he has the physical tools. He's he's listed at like 6'9", 6'10", but he seems bigger than that. He can handle the ball. He, he definitely has some skills, but it's just applying them. And I know that his team isn't the strongest, but through his first four college games, he was only shooting 25% from three. It wasn't until he exploded for... Six for six from three against Robert Morris, where he bumped his percentage up to 40% from three. But Milwaukee, I I don't know. It's tough. I know he wanted to go play for his dad. I saw them get bombed by nearly 40 versus Florida. And their matchup coming up this weekend against Colorado will likely be the last time that scouts get a chance to see PBJ versus Power 5 competition, so he's someone that I'll be tracking and following closely throughout the rest of the season. To be honest with you, if he doesn't dominate and put up big numbers against mid-major competition, on one hand, you can say it's because maybe his teammates aren't good enough, but on the other hand, I mean, this is what he signed up for. All right, at number 15, I have Benedict Matherin, who's been up and down so far after a breakout season, which was expected by many, including myself. He is a good athlete that can defend multiple positions, and I think he's a better shooter than his numbers indicate. You know, to be honest, I actually think he has the physical tools to be a top five pick, but he lacks the ability to get his own shot. He doesn't have much offensive creativity off the dribble, and he's not really a good passer, but it's just as far as his overall physical tools and talent. I mean, I think he has all the skills. At number 16, I have Mark Williams, the center from Duke, who... This might be a little bit high because some people figure that you can get similar value in the second round, but I think Williams has made a name for himself, and I definitely think he's made himself some money 
and raised his stock with this play this season. The numbers don't really stand out to you on paper. He's averaging 9.6 rebounds and 3 blocks per game. But all of this is in less than 20 minutes per night, which was... I mean, I think the high point of his season so far was the Gonzaga game where he, I think the box score had him for five blocks, but in my personal box score, I had him for six. All right, at number 17, Nikola Jovic. Now, Jovic has struggled this season after a strong performance at the under-19s. I know coming into this year, I guess you could say back in September, his name was mentioned as a lottery pick. Some people had him mid first round late first round he was a pretty divisive prospect but he he struggled this year the good sign throughout the struggle is that his jump shot is improving that's been encouraging the bad part is he's struggling big time out of post-ups which may not be too big of a deal because i don't see him getting many post-ups in the nba but that's one of his his favorite spots on the floor but the biggest issue is that he's been struggling as a pick and roll ball handler and he's turning the ball over on 39% of his pick and roll possessions, pick and roll ball handler possessions, which is a little bit concerning because his versatility is his main selling point and his main skill set. All right, when we return, I'll round out, you know, the rest of the draft. I'll start with pick number 18. But before that, I want to talk to you about Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere with synchronized online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. So scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility and Shopify helps you make sure that your entrepreneurial dreams come true. I have a brother that has a clothing line and he's always talking about how how much he appreciates that Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for his business to succeed. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first scale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integration and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free, you heard it right, free, F-R-E-E, free 14-day trial and get access, full access, to Shopify's entire suite of features. Again, that is shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. Now, how many of you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's simply because it's a business scam to get to you, and I have been got plenty of times. So don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, People save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your account and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Like for me, I signed up for a free trial so I could watch a movie. I know I need to cancel that, but Truebill is going to do it for me. Truebill has over 2 million users. And get this, it has helped them save over 100 million dollars so i guess that's like the equivalent of a max contract like 10 years ago so don't fall for subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on nba go right now truebill.com slash locked on nba it can save you thousands a year all right thanks again for making locked on nba draft your first listen of the day and in this case 
this is your second time listening to me talk about my big board 1.0. The first episode I did picks 1 through 10. I just finished 11 through 17, so I'm going to start off at number 18 with Ismail Kamagate. Now, I will admit that I'm higher on Kamagate probably more than anyone outside of France. Now, I had the opportunity to watch him play live last month in a matchup versus Victor Wimbayama, who many have projected to be the top pick in the 2023 NBA draft, and Kamagate kicked his butt. That's the best way to put it. He kicked his butt. He was just too strong, too physical, and his motor and energy were on full display. Wimbayama picked up two fouls early. I know it's only one game, but there's no way you would have left that game feeling like Wimbayama was the better prospect than Ismail Kamagate. So I have Kamagate at number 18. This is someone that I'm confident that you will see his name rise up on draft boards as we get further along in the season. At number 19, I have Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels is out of Australia, and he has been really good for the G League Ignite this season. He's been better than I thought he would be. And he actually kind of reminds me of Lonzo Ball, but Lonzo with a little bit more sizzle, a little bit more creativity off the bounce. I see him as a connective tissue that defends, that manages the game, that can play three positions. Now, if he can improve his outside shooting, he'll be more valuable, which you can say that for any prospect. But I think if he improves his outside shooting, he could be used as this big guard that can initiate the offense or be a complementary piece that plays that plays next to a primary scorer who needs the ball so think of like the role that Lonzo was playing currently in Chicago with DeMar DeRozan and and Zach Levine shooting is is the concern he's not shooting it that great from the floor but I I see him as a guy that can defend multiple positions and again I am higher on Dyson Daniels today than I was at this time let's say three months ago At number 20, I have Michael Foster. Foster is another member of the G League Ignite class. That could hear his name selected in the first round. The 6'9 Foster is averaging 16 points, 8.6 rebounds, and 2 blocks per game as an 18-year-old. Now, Foster has a nice skill set to build up on, but I think that he just has this tendency to try to do too much off the dribble. It's like he's trying to show people how skilled he is. And I think like people felt that way in New York about Julius Randle his first year and maybe even this year too. But in in my opinion with Foster, I think he's just taking too many threes, especially for a guy that is at this point in his career a poor shooter. He's only shooting 58% from the foul line, but he still is shooting 1.3 attempts per game from three. That's usually not a good combination, but I think if he can – show within the next few games that he can play within himself and just do what he does best, which is dominate under the basket, rebound, block shots, run the floor, then I think his name could could actually rise. It's just the shot selection and like trying to do too much off the dribble, which is leading to turnovers and may have some question his overall feel for the game. But I think if he can, like I say, stay within himself, he can shoot up shoot up boards because he's been very productive for an 18 year old at number 21 I have Caleb Houston now I'm not as high on Caleb Houston as others I actually almost left him off my first round list but he seems like he's coming along and turning the corner after a horrendous start now he had back-to-back good shooting games where he shot a combined eight for 12 from deep 
And this is against San Diego State and Nebraska. And those two games have bumped up his three-point field goal percentage to 38. But I still do not know how he scores or what he brings to the table if he's not shooting well. All right, speaking of Nebraska, I am born and raised in Nebraska, a Husker fan. And it's very rare that I have the opportunity to talk about a Cornhusker receiving first-round NBA interest. And it just doesn't happen. I don't think we've had a first-round pick since Tyron Lue. And he is now coaching. But it is Bryce McGowans. McGowans is a 6'7 wing who's currently averaging 16 points and 7 rebounds per game, despite only weighing 175 pounds. Mm, you know what? Okay, I'll give him a buck 80. But he is skinny, but he is what I call skinny tough, which is a term that I came up with after watching Brandon Ingram play. And the NBA is always in the market for skilled wings that can create their own shots. So that's why I think Bryce McGowans is a first round pick, despite not having the most efficient numbers as far as shooting from the floor and not being a great shooter from three. No, I mean, not too many people are great shooters at, at this age, but he's not really a good shooter. He's more of a scorer and shot maker than a shooter, but he's a good free throw shooter, which which is usually a good indicator of, of good shooting touch. All right, when we return, I'll finish out the remaining prospects that I have on my big board 1.0. But I want to talk to you about Stance. Stance was founded in 2009, and Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks. Not only socks, but underwear and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic along with some of pop culture's hottest collaborators. Man, I mean, it's it's a long list of collaborations from Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, The Goonies, Star Wars, The Office, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, Bob Marley, Major League Baseball, and the NBA. The NBA stance socks line was, was, was pretty cool. Go see yourself. Register for an account at stance.com. You can get 15% off of your first order. Use the promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of life less ordinary with stance. All right, once again, you are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Now, most of the prospects, actually, you know what? I give myself a little bit more credit. All of the prospects that I'm talking about, I have profiles on them on my NBADraftJunkies.com website. So check it out for a little bit more deeper analysis. And number 23, rounding out the last few picks of my Mock Draft 1.0, but at number 23, I have Rocco Prakacin. Now, Rocco was expected to have a big season after flirting with the NBA last summer. And so far, the results have been so-so. But I am still intrigued with his skill set, and I believe that he can carve out a nice NBA career as a role player that brings energy off the bench. But the swing skill is his jumper. He's tough. He runs the floor hard. He's actually pretty athletic. He he likes to pretty much dunk everything around the rim. I mean, there are some plays that he makes that are pretty impressive as far as just being able to go coast to coast. And then one of my favorite skill sets in players is big hands. And he does have big hands. I think having big hands can benefit you as a passer and definitely like with finishing around the rim. I'm still high on Rocco. I think that, um, you know, if he can... Play a little bit better towards the end of the season, or, or you know, I mean, the season is still early, but I think if he can play a little bit better and improve as a shooter, then I still think that he has a, a, a first-round grade. At 24, 
Caleb Love. Caleb Love was highly recruited, highly regarded. Many thought that he was going to be a first-round pick entering his freshman year. And he had a very disappointing freshman season in North Carolina where he only shot 31% from the floor and 26% from deep. Those numbers will not get you drafted unless you're Zaire Williams, who I don't know how he ended up as a top 10 pick. But I digress. Through eight games, Caleb Love is currently averaging 16 points, four rebounds, and four assists per game, but it's on 44, 40, 77 shooting splits. Now, the 40% from three on 4.6 attempts per game is a huge sign in the right direction. Love is a, I mean, he's a big guard at 6'4". He has the athleticism. He has the creativity to to be able to play in the NBA, have a, a good role in the NBA. The biggest concern was maybe his position. There were some that didn't think he was a point guard and then didn't, th- didn't think he shot well enough to be a two, but I think that he is slowly easing some of those concerns in his sophomore campaign. Number 25, Hugo Besson. I got to get the accent part right. I was calling him Hugo Besson in previous podcasts and, and, pre- and on my YouTube channel. But one of the keys to knowing these international prospects is you have to be able to know the pronunciation. So Hugo Besson is my biggest sleeper and wild card of the draft. Besson is under the radar, and I think that he is one of the best scorers and shot makers in this whole draft class. He's a big-time scorer from France who is currently playing for the New Zealand Breakers in the NBL. So he is Usman Jang's teammate, so they got a little French connection going down there in New Zealand. Last season, Besson, I'm just saying the name just because I'm having fun with the accent, but he led the French Pro B League in scoring shot a respectable 36% from three, but a large percentage of those shots were self-created. So I think that this is a name you'll be hearing more of in the very near future. Not saying that he's on LaMelo's level or Josh Giddey's level, but the last two lead point guards to go to Australia have seen their names selected in the lottery. Now, Besson is a little bit older, so I don't know if he is seen to have, you know, the, the, the same upside as Giddy, who was like 18, and, and LaMelo, who was actually young for his class. Besson is, I think, a 2001-born prospect, but I'm high on him. I think he has a little bit of Tyler Hero to his game. So remember where you heard it first, Hugo Besson as a first-round pick. All right, I had a little too much fun with that. At number 26, I'm going with Julian Champagne. And Champagne is just a hooper. That is the best way to put it. It's hard to box him into a label that we often want players to fall in. He's just a hooper. He fills up this box score on both ends of the floor. Currently, he's averaging 21 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 1 block per game on 47% from the floor and 40% from 3. And one of the more interesting storylines is that he has a twin brother. They went to different colleges, and his twin brother opted to enter the NBA draft last summer, and he is currently playing for the Raptors while Julian decided to stay. And Julian's gamble to stay looks like it's going to be more beneficial to him because he, I think he's a first-rounder. As a first-rounder, I mean, we know the difference between being a first-round pick and a two-way player financially, so Julian Champagne 
hooper. That I mean, that's just the best way for me to put it. I don't think he's a three or four. He's just a, a ball player. All right, 27, rounding out the last three. Terrence Shannon Jr., Shannon's athleticism, defensive versatility, and his motor have pretty much had him on NBA scouts' radars for the last couple of years. But the biggest issue and the main knock was he didn't have any offensive identity and he couldn't shoot. He was a reluctant shooter. But this year, in year number three, he's shown strides. He's shooting 36% from three, which is about the same as what he shot last year. But it is on six attempts per game, which is a major improvement from his freshman season when he was very, very reluctant to let it fly. He averaged like one three-point attempt per game and... And usually that one attempt was, it was kind of like Isaac Okoro a couple years ago where it's like, uh, I I, I don't want to shoot this, but I'm so wide open that I have to shoot it. But Terrence Shannon Jr., like I said, we all know what he brings to the table as far as like his motor, his energy, and his defense. But now if he can knock down corner threes at a decent rate, we're talking about a 3 and D wing that NBA teams covet. All right, at number 28, I can pretty much almost say the same exact thing, like, I can say it pretty much verbatim and just switch the name and just apply it to Kansas senior Ochai Akbaji. Akbaji has, I mean, he's done what you expect. He's improved every season and has improved his scoring average from eight points a game from his junior season to his senior year. He's currently averaging 22 points per game. When is the last time you've seen somebody from Kansas average 22 points per game? And he's shooting 57% from the floor and 46% from deep. But it is the confidence and assertiveness which he's shown this year that has been something the NBA scouts have been waiting for for the last three years. All right, I'm moving on down to number 29. And I hate saying this about such a young kid, but he's been the biggest disappointment of the season. It is Yannick Sosa, who is currently playing for Malaga in Spain. But the reason he's been a disappointment is because things have been out of his control. He was... I had him as like a guy that I thought could be a top five pick coming into the season, but he's been slowly, like very slowly recovering from an injury. And since he's been active, he's only playing 12 minutes per game. He's always been considered a long-term project with high upside as a defensive anchor, but we just honestly probably won't get to see much of his potential this season because it is very doubtful in the competitive ACB that his team is going to give him developmental minutes. He's already behind due to the injury, so they've pretty much got the rotation set. So I still think that, you know, this could be a steal for a team at 29. Imagine, like, one of the best teams in the league in this position to draft him and bring him along slowly and develop him. All right, at number 30, rounding out my big board 1.0, I have Wendell Moore. And Wendell Moore is on the rise, and he may keep rising if he continues you know, the same stat-stuffing performances in conference play. He's been a Swiss Army knife for Duke, averaging nearly 18 points per game, six rebounds and five per, five assists per night, while shooting 56% from the floor and chipping in two steals. Moore is young. He'll only be 20 on draft night, so he's pretty young for, for a junior. I mean, we got guys that are like 19 <laughs> that'll be, that are freshmen. But the crazy thing is that, honestly, if, if Wendell Moore was a sophomore putting up this numbers, I don't think there'd be any debate about him being a first-round pick. But for whatever reasons, and maybe even I'm looking at myself here, he should be a little bit higher because he still has plenty of upside, which we seem to think that a player who's been 
planned for three years or we have like 60 something games or 100 games of film under his belt of college we may think that that guy may not have as much of an upside so that wraps it up for mock draft 1.0 so thank you for making locked on nba draft your first listen of the day now make your second listen locked on bets it is your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs locked on bets is hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling it is free and it is available on all platforms but once again this is rafael barlow nba draft junkies and this is the point in the show where i finish with my favorite line what's well, actually not my favorite because i like being on here but i'm out <laughs> <laughs>